Thank you and good morning, everybody. Uh, yes, uh, uh, my name is Nandaraja and uh, uh, it literally means uh, king of all joys. Uh, that, was, that was the meaning behind my name. Uh, and yes, uh, I'd like to speak about uh, the final step of the Eightfold Path, which is not really the final step. Um, yes, uh, if you think of the Noble Eightfold Path as um, eight, eight limbs, so you are sort of traversing each of the limbs at the same time. So we're going to be kind of using different metaphors and those metaphors will kind of contradict themselves. And that's the kind of nature of the metaphors that uh, they're useful up to a point, but um, uh, in order to really understand uh, things, we have to be holding several metaphors at the same time. So uh, one metaphor is to think of, uh, of the eightfold path as, uh, as steps, as, as runs that you kind of traverse. And that's so kind of useful in the sense that um, if you're trying to make progress, you need certain sort of basic things in which you need to uh, build upon. So you are building upon the previous steps. Uh, so uh, the first step, you know, is uh, a right view. Uh, and in a sense, uh, well, that's where it starts, uh, uh, the perfect vision. Yeah, so starting with perfect vision uh, and then the remaining eight are, are the transformation, you know, in light of those perfect visions. But the vision experience is not just one experience, it's more like an unfolding and each of the uh, other steps sort of allows it uh, to go deeper and it sort of infuses uh, whichever uh, step you're using. So if you use the metaphor of the steps of the path, then uh, in a sense, you, know, you have to start somewhere uh, and, and the perfect vision is, uh, is where you start. And then there has to be a, a, a perfect emotion. There's, has to be, uh, we're driven uh, by, uh, by emotions uh, most of the time. Well, I think most of the time, yeah. And uh, we like to think uh, it's our logic or our thoughts or our reason that guides us. But um, if we really want to make progress, uh, there has to be an emotional drive to that. Um, and so sort of refining our, our, our emotion is um, the kind of the next step. Otherwise, the vision just drops away and, and it just becomes another idea or yeah, uh, it, 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 it becomes a dream, something we remember we had and, uh, and it just stays at that level. Uh, and, and then uh, the third, uh, third limb is perfect speech. So um, again, our mental state is sort of and dictated uh, by, yeah, um, what we say and do or what other people say and do uh, does affect and influence us. Uh, and so uh, in the light of uh, the vision and the emotion, we have to sort of transform our speech. Um, and that's where the, uh, um, the ethical sort of practices come in. Uh, so, um, being mindful of 
of our speech. Our speech not just has to be uh, truthful, it has to be uh, kind. Uh, uh, it also has uh, to have uh, a sensitivity about it. And it has to be in harmony and it has to be appropriate uh, to the psychological state of the person uh, uh, receiving our speech. So uh, how we communicate with one another uh, and even more importantly, how we communicate with ourselves is, uh, is just that part. Uh, so for me, uh, uh, sort of perfect speech is more like uh, uh, externally, uh, it's how we talk to others, but how we talk to others is actually how we talk to ourselves. Uh, so um, when I used to work at IT um, um, at Queen Mary University, uh, I used to get lots of PhD students and even professors calling themselves stupid uh, because they sort of uh, they forgot to switch on or they had a problem with the uh, with the computer, and then uh, they panic, uh, they call me, and in my calm state of mind, I would just run through some of a checklist of what they needed to do. And then it becomes totally obvious what they needed to do. But it, it wasn't obvious because they were panicking and then they would sort of uh, respond with um, how stupid I am. And I sort of realized that, you know, even clever people think they're stupid. And, uh, and that sort of internal self-talk, uh, they sort of translate into other people. So you see somebody else doing something naive and you kind of call them stupid because that's what you call yourself when you sort of make those mistakes. And uh, for me, part of my communication was sort of trying to remind people that actually uh, it is okay to make mistakes. Uh, making a mistake doesn't make you stupid or dumb or whatever. And so not to give yourself a hard time for making mistakes because it's from those mistakes that you learn and even if you make the same mistake over and over again, that doesn't make you stupid. It just means you're not mindful. You're not sort of learning uh, uh, about your state of mind and what arises from that. Uh, so uh, that's where the sort of metabolic meditation practice comes in. You know, just being kind to yourself, uh, sort of noticing what's happening, and not, uh, and just sort of. Uh, negotiating with the inner critic so that you can actually be more skillful in your internal communication. And then that leads on to uh, right action, you know, um, how you act uh, uh, towards other people. Uh, and then that sort of widens into uh, right livelihood, you know, um, you know, how you make your living, uh, the manner in which uh, you do what you need to do to survive in the physical environment. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, and that can be quite, um, uh, quite painful, uh, especially in light of, um, of perfect vision, uh, because sometimes, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you may have to give up uh, your job uh, simply because it's unskillful. Uh, but it's not as simple as that. Uh, but uh, being in a uh, and an unskillful, making your livelihood in an unskillful way impacts on your mind and impacts on all the other aspects uh, of your of your life. 
and uh, so so um, either having to change the mode of uh, how you make your livelihood or even having to give up uh, your livelihood in order to find a more appropriate livelihood that will sort of sustain uh, your practice or uh, what you wish uh, to be uh, as a human being uh, is just part of the sort of transformation. Uh, so transformation is not necessarily uh, pleasurable uh, and there, uh, there will be uh, conflicts uh, simply because uh, the act of transformation would mean letting go of certain other certain things in order to gain other things. Uh, uh, and then the question is, is it worth it? So, uh, sort of, uh, and then the sixth stage, sort of um, perfect effort, uh, sort of noticing uh, the arising of skillful and unskillful mental states and sort of managing those. Uh, and again, uh, all that is supported by all the previous stages, uh, if we talk about them as steps, uh, in, in that uh, it's, much hard, it's much easier um, having a right livelihood and all that's uh, on the support uh, of, your, of your speech precepts and all the other things uh, to sort of maintain uh, a skillful mental state uh, uh, on a much more, uh, not permanent, but uh, uh, it's, it's easier to sustain them for longer times. Uh, so you're not sort of going from skillful to unskillful mental state. You can sort of prevent the arising of uns unskillful mental state. Uh, you can sort of maintain that and you can prevent unskillful mental states from arising simply because you sort of created an environment uh, uh, in which it's much easier to be aware of that, to notice that, and then to apply yourself to that. Uh, and then with perfect uh, uh, effort, uh, you can then come to uh, 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 perfect awareness. And that's where uh, uh, you start to discover that uh, you are not who you think you are. <laughs> uh, that uh, you tend to think of yourself as, um, as this uh, permanent, um, solid, fixed self. And, and then the mental states are kind of imposed on you. So you are sort of overcome by greed or you're overcome by hatred or, or you're overcome um, by delusion. Uh, but it's just basically you. And uh, uh, this various other sort of um, skillful and mental states, or you, uh, they overcome you, and then you sort of come back to yourself. Uh, but what I would like to say is that it's more like you start to notice that you're not a single self, that you're a bundle of contradictory selves. Uh, and these selves have been sort of established throughout your history. So, uh, in the sort of first seven years of your uh, mental development as a child, uh, you've sort of imprinted certain things from your environment, from your parents, from um, teachers, um, from other people. And you've just sort of taken them in as part of who you are. Uh, you haven't questioned uh, them. And these 
cells uh, come in the, in the sense of uh, what are called voices in the head. Uh, uh, what I refer, yeah, self-talk. But it's not just that there's one self talking to itself. It's like there are several selves um, arguing with themselves as to who is going to be in charge. Uh, uh, depending on <laughs> your mental state, uh, there's one, there's usually one or two selves that are usually in charge. Yeah. So if you're an angry person, you know, uh, the anger selves, you know, is the one that's usually in charge. But sometimes when you're in the right condition, it sort of lets go of the reins and uh, a, more, a much more compassionate self sort of comes back and comes into being. Uh, but again, that's just a kind of a, a metaphor. Uh, so it's not that you are, it's not that you are crazy. Um, uh, uh, those, those voices in the head uh, are sort of there to kind of help you, uh, but they're like, unhelpful friends, uh, backseat drivers. Uh, they sort of comment, uh, punish, uh, do whatever it is to make it into a good person. Uh, uh, but actually what happens is that they end up sort of distorting uh, your, uh, the sense of reality. You're not sort of seeing things as they, as, as they really are. Uh, so you're sort of fighting an internal battle. And because you are fighting an internal battle, a lot of your energy gets dissipated in that sort of internal mental conflict. Um, so that's kind of where sort of perfect effort comes in, in that uh, uh, you become much more aware of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, so for me, uh, I sort of kind of identified sort of four major sort of sub-selves that are sort of coming to um, engagement. So there is the sort of, um, what we call the sort of uh, uh, toddler self, uh, which is more about uh, gaining um, uh, domination over the environment. It's about, it's pleasure seeking. It's about right here, right now, what can I, you know, it's basically asked, what is in, what's in it for me? You know, uh, it comes from that sense, you know, that. You know, uh, the world is a hostile place and I have to get as much as I want in order to survive. And that's just a necessary aspect of, of the sort of human evolution, of the sort of mental evolution um, or, or of the human being. Yeah, so that's, you know, that uh, doesn't really use language. <laughs> it uses impulses, you know, very strong, uh, uh, tendencies and uh, 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 in meditation, it's more like uh, getting to know it, uh, befriending it, uh, noticing uh, what kind of triggers uh, bring it into being and uh, uh, pacifying it, yeah? So it needs to be soothed. <laughs> uh, uh, and then there's a kind of um, uh, nine to 10 year old kind of, um, uh, bargaining self, so it's more, it, it, it's, it's a kind of Machiavellian thing, it's sort of uh, how can I manipulate and control other people to give me what I want. So some things I can get for myself, but for other some other things, I need other people. So it sort of creates a network of, uh, yeah, uh, of negotiation, uh, so, so it's like a sort of ruthless businessman, you know, uh, and it's again, uh, that's just uh, part of the 
sub-personality. It's, it's just there. And again, uh, what it needs is some form of uh, control. Uh, uh, and um, uh, it, it, sorry, in meditation practice, it's again sort of noticing the tricks, you know, how you deceive yourself is how you deceive other people. And uh, the people you gather around yourselves uh, uh, tend to reflect uh, with that sort of kind of mental state. Uh, so in meditation, it's sort of getting to know that part, you know, that uh, 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 sort of pacifying it, it's sort of knowing, uh, taking back your power, uh, sort of being uh, aware that actually you are powerful. You're not powerless, uh, you are powerful and you have, and you can control, um, um, uh, uh, you can control other people, but other people also control you. And, uh, uh, and having, um, uh, avoiding the urge to dominate, yeah. Uh, and, and so more like uh, participating uh, and being more responsive, uh, uh, being responsible, being able to respond rather than uh, reacting. <laughs> and then there's another part uh, which is uh, highly sexual. So that sort of comes in in the teenage years. And, and that, you know, has a very strong driving force of uh, wanting uh, immortality <laughs> or permanence. Uh, and, uh, and, and that sort of fragment is, is, is a very, you know, the, the sexual urge is a very biological uh, and necessary uh, thing. Uh, but uh, that also uh, has to be tamed. And uh, those sort of three forces um, so far um, uh, tend to sort of uh, uh, dominate um, uh, most of our personality. And then the fourth one is more, I would call it say, uh, uh, the adult. So it's about uh, taking care of the other three, <laughs> managing them, uh, making sure that they're, they're not fighting too much with each other. And also sort of noticing that that is what is also happening to other people. So sort of recognizing that self and other are, are not as distinct as we would like to think of them. Uh, uh, and so, you know, being aware of the environment or being aware of our history and other people's history. Uh, uh, and it's much more non-judgmental. Uh, so that awareness sort of, sort of recognizes the flaws in ourselves and in others. And it's not trying to fix it, um, but in that awareness, uh, we can sort of embrace um, ourselves and everybody. So that sort of uh, aspect is more in line with the metabolic practice. Uh, in which we go to the uh, uh, fifth stage in which uh, we sort of tend to dissolve uh, the self, the friend, the neutral person uh, and the difficult person. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but there is another aspect uh, of the self that even transcends that. Uh, uh, and that is uh, where we come to uh, um, uh, samadhi. So 
uh, in that, uh, there's a kind of continuity of awareness. So we're aware of all the other seven stages. We're aware of all the factors of that. And uh, the word uh, uh, concentration uh, is helpful in a certain way in that uh, when you're concentrated, uh, it's more like there's more uh, of whatever it is uh, there is there. Uh, uh, what I can say is that more, more, most, most of the time, they're kind of diluted. <laughs> We're all over the place. And in concentration, there's a, uh, there's a bit more uh, focus. Uh, but that focus uh, does not exclude. So it's more like um, going from a maybe uh, a 12 inch uh, black and white TV uh, to a 100 inch uh, widescreen high definition uh, TV, yeah, in which everything uh, is, is clear. Uh, you, you haven't lost anything. Uh, but it's not focused. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a much more wider thing. Uh, uh, and because it's much wider, uh, it means uh, there's no tendency to identify with any one aspect of the, uh, of the view of what, what you're observing. So, uh, so you've gone from uh, uh, sort of gathering yourself into sort of one being and then sort of noticing uh, that you are mirrored uh, in all other beings. Uh, and so because you are mirrored in all other beings, you are part uh, of this system of consciousness. Uh, it's not just your consciousness isolated within, within this bag of skin. Uh, it's like, uh, it's all consciousness have that sort of um, feel to it. And it's not even that, uh, it has to be human consciousness. Um, uh, also, uh, there are other levels of consciousness. Uh, so what um, is disregarded uh, may not be even thought of as uh, unethical, becomes unethical just because you are in uh, emotional sympathy with all living beings. Uh, so, um, the sort of uh, the eating of meat, uh, the exploitation of other human beings uh, becomes much more clear. Uh, uh, so your the ethical awareness becomes more refined. Uh, your effort is much more balanced. Uh, you're aware of self and others, but you're also aware that there's that kind of, uh, there's a slight delusion in separating self from others. So the mindfulness of breathing is part of the sort of samatha practice in sort of calming the mind enough to sort of notice what's going on. Uh, and then uh, with samadhi, um, is we come into sort of vipassana uh, insight uh, in which we sort of notice that uh, what we think of as ourselves is it's a slight delusion of the mind. Oh, yeah, it's a slight delusion, uh, necessary up to a point, but uh, nevertheless, it has its own limitations. And those limitations uh, uh, sort of get loosened. Uh, so 
the uh, first, we have to become ourselves. We have to sort of unify the various parts of ourselves. And then having sort of unified ourselves, uh, then we can expand ourselves uh, to include more and more uh, of reality. And then we sort of notice that uh, the nature of language, um, the belief systems that we've grown up with are not sort of really necessary. And there's the sense of not having to prefer one thing over the other. Uh, so it's not that you don't care, it's just that uh, it's whatever happens is okay because uh, you're sufficiently sort of unified in that you can come into any situation and behave appropriately, say what is necessary. And there's not that kind of constant mental chatter uh, that goes on uh, normally. And so you're kind of responding uh, uh, from a different place. You're not responding from a fixed sense of self. Uh, you're not responding from what's in it for you or what will benefit your family. Uh, uh, you kind of sort of see how you, uh, we all create Docker for ourselves. Uh, we all sort of create the situation in which Craven arises and, uh, and we can end it. Uh, <coughs> so uh, we sort of see how insubstantial uh, the self is, how unsatisfactory uh, uh, the situation we find ourselves in. And we stop looking uh, for the answers in the wrong places. Uh, and we shall see that impermanence is just a feature. Uh, and even if we sort of talk about uh, perfect samadhi as a, uh, as a state of mind, that in itself is not necessarily permanent, but that is okay uh, because uh, uh, it's more like a process and much like a, an unfolding. And then we come back right into full circle, back into right view. Uh, so uh, another metaphor we can use is that it's a kind of radiating path uh, uh, like the wheel, uh, and that uh, in so far uh, as we go into each path, uh, the deeper we go into each path, we see each of the path mirroring all the other eights, and uh, it becomes a kind of uh, holistic, cyclic system. Um, uh, what in mathematics is called a fractal, in which it, uh, uh, the whole system is contained within even a part of it or a hologram you know, in which uh, a little bit or a fragment contains the whole image and is embodied in the whole image. Uh, so in a sense, you know, perfect samadhi includes all the other states and infuses all the other states. Um, and that sort of lack of limitation, that choiceless action, uh, not having any preferences and sort of seeing uh, uh, the delusion uh, that sort of creates division and separateness is, uh, is, is that. And it's not something that, you know, you, you achieve uh, just, in, you know, just in sitting. Um, it also infuses your everyday life. So walking in nature or walking in the city, you see that uh, expressed in itself. Uh, 
but ultimately it goes beyond words. Uh, it goes beyond um, the four dianas, you know, the sort of approaching uh, non-identification, non-form. Uh, and at that stage, uh, language breaks down. Uh, so that's, uh, that's as far as I can go with it. Um, but uh, you can you do get glimpses, uh, and those glimpses uh, you can use uh, to inform um, all the other uh, seven stages. Um, uh, um, yeah, so the whole uh, the whole metaphor I would say is like a hologram. The eightfold part is like a hologram. Each part contains all the others and is contained within them. Thank you. <laughs>